And good morning to my church family. Today is from Acts 11, 1 through 18. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. But I replied, But no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, When God has made clean, you must, call, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea, arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved." And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the words of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we, were, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, well, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced, and they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, the other day I came across this story, a story about a man named Jean-Henri Fabre. Jean-Henri Fabre was a French scientist. He was born in 1823, so almost 200 years ago he was born. Jean-Henri Fabre is known as the father of modern entomology. From a very early age, even as a boy, he was fascinated by insects and bugs and creepy crawly critters. And so he spent a lifetime down on his hands and knees with a magnifying glass, observing insects, watching them do what they do, taking notes and performing experiments. And the story I came across was the story of the most famous of all of his experiments. It was an experiment that he conducted with a bug, an insect that's called the processionary caterpillar. 
Now, the processionary caterpillar is a big, brown, woolly caterpillar that you can find in the forests of Europe. And the thing that makes the processionary caterpillar so unusual, the thing that gives it its name, is the way that it makes its way through the forest. Every day, when the processionary caterpillar is ready to leave its nest and go looking for food, pine needles are its favorite food, it leaves the nest, and then all of the other caterpillars in the nest follow along after the leader. And so they form these enormous parades, these processions of caterpillars marching head to tail, head to tail, head to tail, sometimes as many as 300 caterpillars at a time moving through the forest like a a giant snake. And as the first caterpillar makes his way along, it leaves a tiny little strand of thread. And then the next caterpillar follows exactly that strand of thread and adds its thread to the thread. So the thread gets a little bit bigger. And each caterpillar that passes along adds a little bit of silk to that thread until that thread becomes like a little silk highway stretching through the forest. And at the end of the day, when they've eaten all their their pine needles, they follow that strand. They follow that silk highway back back to their nest so that they can get home home safe. Well, Jean-Henri Fabre was, was fascinated by these caterpillars. Caterpillars, And particularly what he wanted to know was how powerful is the instinct that they have to follow that silk trail? How powerful is that instinct, that drive to follow the leader? The first caterpillar in line is an explorer, but all of the other caterpillars simply put their heads down and follow along where the other caterpillar goes. And he wondered what would happen if you messed with the parade. And so he started performing experiments. He said, what would happen if you were to take away the leader? of the parade. It turns out not much. The second caterpillar in line becomes the leader and they just keep on going as they were. He said, well, what would happen if you, if you cut the thread, if you break the highway, if you break the parade? And again, it turns out not much happens. You just have two parades where now you, before you had, had one parade going through the forest. But then he came up with the most interesting and the most memorable of all of the questions he asked about the processionary caterpillar. What would happen, he wondered, if you got them going in a circle. What would happen if you had a big circle of processionary caterpillars where there was no leader and every caterpillar was a follower? And one day he had a chance to find out what would happen. One day he went out into his greenhouse and he saw a parade of caterpillars marching up the side of one of his big flower pots. And as they got up to the rim of the flower pot, they started marching around the rim of the flower pot to make room for the caterpillars that were still coming up the side. And he said, this is it. This is the perfect opportunity. And so he watched and he waited and he watched and he waited until there was a circle of caterpillars stretching all the way around the rim of the flower pot. And it came right back to where they started. And when he saw that he had a circle, he broke the thread and he swept away all the other caterpillars. And now what he had was a perfect circle of caterpillars around the rim of his pot. There were, no, there were no leaders, only followers, every caterpillar marching along behind the caterpillar in front. And he said, all right, now let's see what happens. Let's see if they'll start marching around in a circle. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. Those caterpillars started marching around and around and around the top of the flower pot. And as they marched, that tiny little strand of thread just kept getting thicker and thicker until there was a little highway of silk running around the top of the flower 
flower pot. And then Jean-Henri Fabre said, all right, now, now comes the really interesting part of the experiment. Now I'm going to watch and see how long it takes them to realize that they're not getting anywhere. How long will it take before one of those caterpillars decides this is dumb? I'm going to go off in another direction. And so he pulled up a chair and he sat and he watched and he said, you know, I thought maybe I would be there for, for you know, a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour or two at the outside. And then he said, I thought wrong. That first day, the caterpillars marched in a circle for 10 straight hours. And at the end of 10 hours, they were exhausted and they were tired. And Jean-Henri Fabre was tired too. And he was ready for bed. And it turns out, so were the caterpillars. They went to sleep right there on the top of the flower pot. And he went to bed. He thought, well, maybe in the morning when they've had a good sleep and they're feeling rested, maybe they'll make some different decisions and decide to strike out in a new direction. He got up early and and the next day he went out and he saw the the caterpillars were asleep and then he watched as they woke up. And as they woke up, they started once again marching in their circle around the top of the flower pot. They marched in a circle all through the second day and all through the third day and all through the fourth day, hour after hour after hour of marching in a circle around the top of the flower pot. They marched in a circle five days, six days. And it was on the sixth day that finally something interesting happened. Well, at this point, the caterpillars were just exhausted and, and they were starving and some of them just refused to go on. They just stopped and the other caterpillars crawled right over top of them and kept going on in their circle. And somehow one of the caterpillars stumbled just a millimeter off that silk trail, but it was enough. This caterpillar got off the trail and started going in a new direction down the side of the flower pot. About a half a dozen other caterpillars followed along after it. And Jean-Henri Fabre said, this is it. Because just a few inches farther, there was a beautiful green branch of pine needles. And and they were just a few inches away from nourishment. They were just a few inches away from salvation. He said, all right, here we go. This is going to be the end of the circle, the end of the experiment. But then for some reason, About halfway down the side of the flower pot, just a few inches away from what it had spent six days looking for, for whatever reason, that caterpillar at the front of the line decided to turn around. And he went back up the side of the pot, and those half a dozen caterpillars joined the circle again. And they kept marching around and around and around, all through the sixth day, all through the seventh day. Now, this story of this experiment has been told by preachers and speakers for more than 100 years now. And sometimes when preachers tell this story, they end the story this way. They say those caterpillars marched and they marched and they marched until they were starving and exhausted and all of them fell over dead there on the top of that flower pot. Not a single caterpillar survived. Now that's a very dramatic way to end the story. And that's, that's, a, you know, that's how a preacher would end the story. It kind of sounds like a parable of Jesus when you tell the story that way, right? It sounds like, like one of those parables that ends with somebody being cast into the outer darkness where there's weeping and and gnashing of teeth. Uh, but I, you know, I learned a long time ago that you can't trust preachers and, and you got to take, you got to take their stories with a grain of salt. Uh, and so, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to look and see how this experiment really ended. And so uh, I looked up Jean-Henri Fabre's notes for his original notes from this experiment. And I read, I read his notes and I found out that the way that the experiment actually ended was this. Those caterpillars marched around in their circle for one whole week, seven days, nothing but marching around and around and around. And then on the eighth day, one of those caterpillars, 
sailors, as it was marching around, came to the place where on day six, that half dozen caterpillar parade had made just that little detour, and they had left just a tiny strand of silk going down and back up the side of the flower pot. And this caterpillar had to make a decision. Do I stay on this highway that we've been building for eight days now, or do I take the road less traveled? And for some reason, one of those caterpillars took, took the lesser of the two roads, turned off of the silk highway, went down the side of the flower pot, and this time where the other parade of caterpillars had turned around, and gone back up. This caterpillar kept on going. It went all the way down the side of the flower pot, and it found the pine branch. And all of the other caterpillars follow along after it, and they eat, and they are nourished, and they rest. And then at the end of the day, they find their highway home. Almost all of the caterpillars at the end of the experiment make make it back to their nest safe and sound, all because one caterpillar was willing to strike out in a new direction, all because one caterpillar caterpillar was willing to leave the Silk Highway and go off exploring. And that's the story that we have in today's scripture reading. Today, in our journey through the book of Acts, we have the story of that moment when one of the apostles decides to strike off in a new direction. We've been making our way through through the book of Acts, and we have heard uh, some of the most amazing stories that the Bible has to tell. We heard the story of the day of Pentecost two weeks ago. We heard the story of how after the resurrection of Jesus, after the ascension of Jesus, the apostles are gathered in the city of Jerusalem. They're gathered in this upper room together, and then suddenly God pours out the Holy Spirit, and little tongues of fire uh, appear above the heads of the apostles, and the Holy Spirit pushes them out into the streets, and the Holy Spirit compels them to proclaim the good news of God's love in Jesus with people, with Jews of every language, every nation who are gathered there in the streets. And then the disciples spend some time in the city of Jerusalem talking with all of those faithful Jews of every nation. But then last week we heard another story. We heard how the Holy Spirit said, no, I'm done with you hanging around in Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit pushed the apostles out of the city of Jerusalem and they went to the land of Samaria and they shared the good news of God's love with the Samaritans. And the apostles were amazed amazed because even the Samaritans received the good news of Jesus and decided to believe and they decided to be baptized. They said, wow, this thing that God is doing is big enough to include even the Samaritans. And then this week we have the most amazing and unexpected development of all. And the apostles in Jerusalem start hearing rumors about what Simon Peter has been up to. Simon Peter was the most outspoken of all of Jesus' disciples. And in the early weeks of the church, in the early years of the church, he became one of the recognized leaders among the apostles. He had lots of influence in the church. The other apostles respected him and listened to what Simon Peter had to say. And so they were amazed and astonished when they started hearing these rumors that Simon Peter had been eating with Gentiles. And Simon Peter not only had been eating with Gentiles, but was staying in the homes of Gentiles. Not only was he staying in the homes of Gentiles, but he was baptizing Gentiles into God's family. Not only was he baptizing Gentiles, he was baptizing Romans. Not just Romans, but Roman soldiers. Not just Roman soldiers, but a Roman centurion. They got news that Simon Peter was eating with and staying with and baptizing their enemies, the very people who had put Jesus to death upon the cross. They said, we need to explore and investigate this. And so they call Simon Peter to come to Jerusalem and give an account 
Tell us what you've been doing and tell us why, why we are hearing all of these unbelievable rumors about your ministry. And so Simon Peter goes to Jerusalem. He meets with the other apostles and he says, well, he says, here's what happened. He said, one day I went up on the roof. I was trying to find a, a quiet place to pray. And it was lunchtime and I was hungry. And as I was praying, I, I received this vision. I saw this thing that looked like a, a great big sheet being lowered from heaven. And on that sheet were all of these animals. There were pigs and there were shellfish and all of these animals that the laws of Moses tell us are unclean and that we must not. It was a sheet filled with bacon just coming down out of heaven. And I saw the sheet coming down and then a voice spoke to me and the voice said, Peter, get up and eat. And I said, by no means, Lord, nothing profane or unclean has ever crossed my lips. And I'm not about to start sinning now. I'm not putting any of that stuff in my mouth, Peter says. And then the voice spoke to Peter again. And the, Peter said, the voice spoke to me. And what the voice said was, Peter, what God has called clean, you must not call profane. What God has called clean, you must not call unclean. Three times this happened, Peter said. Three times the voice told me to eat. Three times I said, no way, Lord. Three times the voice said, what God has called clean, you must not call profane. And then he said the sheet was raised back up into heaven. And then, just then, there came a knock at the door. It was this Roman centurion and his friends and the voice, the voice of God's Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Peter, go and answer the door, for I have sent these people to you. And Peter said, that was when I understood that this vision wasn't about bacon. That's when I understood that this vision wasn't about pig or, or shellfish. This vision was about people. That's when I understood what the Holy Spirit had been trying to tell me, that God shows no partiality among the peoples of this world, but anyone who seeks to do what is right is acceptable to the Lord. And so I went with them, Peter said. I ate with them. We had bacon. It was really good. I, I stayed, you guys should try it. I stayed, I stayed at their house with them, and then I baptized them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When the other apostles heard it, they were amazed. They said, so God's grace, God's Holy Spirit, God's salvation is poured out even upon the Gentiles. When we read the book of Acts, we read the same story over and over and over again. The apostles march around in a little circle. And God watches them marching around in a circle for a little while. And then finally God says, well, I'm tired of this. And God pours out the Holy Spirit and God gives them a nudge. God gives them a push. God shoves them out into the streets of the city of Jerusalem. And then God nudges them to the land of Samaria. And then God sends them to the Gentiles. Every time God pours out the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, the circle gets drawn just a little bit wider. The circle of God's love, the circle of God's church, the circle of salvation includes more people every time God pours out the Holy Spirit of the book of Acts. And the message of the book of Acts is that God is not through yet. God is still pouring out the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that challenged and guided and nudged the apostles is with us still in the church today. And the same Holy Spirit that challenged the church in the time of the apostles is challenging us still today. 
challenging us to draw the circle so that it is wide enough to include people of every language. Because a church that's only wide enough for one language is not the church of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit challenges us to draw the circle wide enough to include people of every nation because a church that is wide enough for only one nation is not the church of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit challenges us to draw the circle wide enough to include people of every shade of skin because a church that is only wide enough to include people with one skin color, people of one race, is not the church of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit challenges us today, just as it did in the time of the apostles, to draw the circle wide enough to include people of every gender. Because a church that is wide enough to include only two genders is not the church of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit challenges us still today, just as it challenged us in the time of the apostles. The Holy Spirit keeps on asking us over and over again this question. Are you going to keep marching around in circles? Are you going to keep covering over and over again that old familiar ground? Are you going to keep going around and around and around until you're starving and exhausted and can't go on any further? Or are you ready to leave that silk highway behind? Are you ready to receive a nudge from the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to march off in a new direction to meet new people and watch as God does a new and a marvelous thing? Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us the courage of that one caterpillar who went off in a new direction. And where other caterpillars had turned back, he continued going. He went out into the wilderness and discovered that you are in the wilderness. There is salvation and nourishment in that unexplored country. God, send us. Send us into the unexplored countries. Give us the courage to break the circle and draw it wider. To break the circle and draw it wider. To break the circle and draw it wider until it includes all of your children. And we are truly your church. In Jesus we pray. Amen.